Ben Fagan here with another episode of Career Cash, the podcast. And on this episode, I'm joined by former lacrosse player, now director of sales at Penn Air, Conrad Rhine. Penn Air is a family business that's been in the Ryan family for three generations, and Conrad and I talk about what life is like transitioning from college into the family business and how he's growing within the company. It's an awesome conversation filled with a lot of lessons. You're not going to want to miss it. Let's get to it. One of my good friends, one of my former classmates, we worked on a product together, so we really do go way back. Um, I'm excited to have you on the show here today and really get to learn about what you do on a daily basis and how you got to this point. So welcome, my friend. Ben, thank you. Yes, we did work on a project together and a good product, I must say. So thank you for asking me. Absolutely, absolutely. So can you walk me through uh, uh, what you kind of do on a day-to-day basis at Penn Air and shine a little bit more light on what uh, Penn Air does as a company? Yeah, so Penn Air was started in 1968 by my grandparents. So at the core of what Penn Air does is we help people in manufacturing with pneumatics, hydraulics, and automation. Uh, what that means to some people is Thank they you. don't know, but that's okay. As we go on, they learn more about it. Um, my role uh, is director of sales. So on a day-to-day basis, uh, working to oversee 10 technical sales professionals, uh, beginning to form a business development team. And then a lot of my time is spent on our suppliers uh, who provide us the product, which in turn, we can help our customers and service them. Gotcha. And so this is what I'm most excited about kind of jumping into this, this whole family business dynamic of everything. And we were talking on the phone yesterday and you said it's kind of a gift and a curse, family business, another beast. So what has that process been like? Because I think from the outside, uh, it, it looks like, okay, well, if you're going into a family business, you're just handed a job and you have it made for you. What was the experience like coming out of school for you? Yeah, did I say gift and a curse? <laughs> <laughs> mostly, yeah. mostly a gift, mostly a gift. No, it is, um, it's, it's a huge blessing. There's, you know, we talked about it at Lynn a little bit too, and, you know, looking at what it'd be like to have a course on a family business. And honestly, there's no right solution. There's no book. There's nothing you can read that will prepare you for what it's like to work in a family business. Um, there's no set plan every family is different every company is different and when you step into it obviously the dynamics with the people are incredibly important but you have your family members you know how many are in, them, uh, in business how long have they been working there obviously the roles in which we serve uh, and then there's life outside the business which you know can tend to be about work sometimes but cutting off and making those boundaries of hey work is at work and then after work is you know family time and what you know, matters most which is the people that we spend our time with them. Um, but it's definitely a different piece. A lot of life lessons that, you know, I had to learn just going into the business. So. And so what was the biggest challenge going into it? Were there different expectations that you had things that changed? What, what was that for you? Yeah, I think it was the, it was probably the pressure. So I, I grew up obviously in the business. People work there today that have been there for 40 years. Remember me and, you know, my diaper walking in and remember being held as a baby and just growing up. Uh, I think it's the pressure I put on potentially myself, you know, with my grandparents starting it and people remembering how my grandfather, you know, started the company and, you know, operated the company, then transitioning to the second generation uh, with my mom and my dad uh, and then continuing on that legacy. And now I think entering the third generation with my brother-in-law, Seth, who was our CEO, kind of navigating that, making sure it continues to stay in the family. And, you know, we see it through to the next generation, I think is one of the biggest um, maybe pressures on my back in a good way. I you know it motivates me, but also 
to be like my grandfather, to be like, you know, my dad, my mom, my grandma. Um, there's a lot of different expectations that I just have on myself. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's not necessarily unique just to family businesses, this idea of, you know, pressure, whether it's coming from external or internal, you know, sources. So what is your kind of way of handling the pressure, dealing with it and, and, and interacting with it in a healthy way? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So being younger and in a business where it's a lot of, we're very fortunate, a lot of seasoned people, people that come and they, they stay their whole life, you know, they work their way throughout the business. So the people I'm working with on a daily basis is, you know, the sales team, uh, 10 of them, and they range from seven years in the company to 45. Um, and the way I try to handle it is I'm not there to tell them what to do on a daily basis, but they're really there, you know, to help guide me in what the next generation is going to look like as we form that together. Um, but they're teaching me life lessons every day. Here's what, you know, they remember what my grandfather did, you know, here's what your dad did and here's what you're doing. But it's about being my own person in the role, making it my own, but also carrying on the legacy and the roots and the morals of what I, um, you know, my family built before me. And that's an interesting kind of point that you bring up um, is because the family part of it is, is such an integral piece of the business. How, how do you go about balancing? Like you personally, how do you go about balancing? Like you said, making something your own, but also carrying on the family legacy. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of things and a couple of sayings that everyone likes to remember about my grandfather. And one is he always used to say that he would leave the bottle full for others. Um, and that sentence is really just interesting um, because it's always about putting something forward and something bigger than yourself. Um, so, you know, you take a sip of water, you take a bottle of water, but always remember to put one back for someone else. So that's kind of one thing that always sticks with me about my grandfather. Uh, my dad's got a lot of different sayings that he still says today, um, but it's it's really just about them never once putting pressure on me to be something that I wasn't, but allowing me you know to go to school and obviously go throughout high school, not being you know do some merch in the business, go to college, you know obviously enjoy my time at Lynn, not being too submerged in the business, and then when I was ready and the time was right, getting me into the business. So I didn't feel that level of pressure um, from any of my family members to join by any means. So, so you were open to go pursue whatever career that, that you wanted to pursue and this was just what you decided you wanted to do? I think deep down, I knew I always wanted to be in the family business. Um, you know, I did, you know, obviously went to high school and then when I got to Lynn, um, you know, wanted to create my own journey, my own destiny, obviously playing lacrosse. Uh, taking on new internships, but I basically did an internship at Penn Air in some different capacity uh, every year. And then my senior year, obviously working alongside Jerry in the social impact lab at Lynn was kind of that differentiator, um, something different, not Penn Air. And then once I graduated, I took some time off and then got back into the business. Um, but deep down, I knew I always wanted to carry on that legacy and that drive that my grand you know, my grandparents built and my parents because it meant so much to me uh, to be built up in that way. So here's something interesting going, talking on the, the doing internships within your family company, especially at, you know, various schools and colleges, internships might be a requirement to graduate, you know, in, in many instances. And I think again, coming from external, I, you know, I'm not working in a family business, so, so I don't know, but it, it looks like on the surface, oh, well, it's easy to just go get an internship there and, and just check the credit off. How do you go into a family business for an internship uh, where you're doing it for academic credit, but also to gain experience? And how do you take advantage of that in a full, genuine way so you get the most out of it, just like you would do at any other company that's not run by your family? Yeah, man, these are good questions. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yeah, I think to your point of also the pr the pressures is when you're doing an internship or you're joining a family business, there's always people, um, you know, obviously watching you, watching how you conduct yourself. Hey, the next generation starting to come in. How How is he? How is she going to work in the business? Are they going to come in coast? Or are they going to come in and, you know, go side by side with us and continue to fight every day and make it a better environment? you know, and continue to help our customers and do what we do best. Um, I went in with the mindset of, I was just going to learn as much as I could, you know, as a blank sheet of paper. I went in, not like I had worked in the family, but also just going in, like I knew nothing about there and just starting from scratch. So from working in the back to shipping and receiving, uh, to them working the customer service into the sales side accounting. And then I spent the summer, three months in Japan, working with one of our suppliers to really understand the whole supply, supply chain and sales process. Uh, I think gave me a better perspective before entering the business full time. Was that difficult to do to go into it like re and really buying into that? I, I'm a blank slate, blank sheet of paper and, and trying to be that sponge because it, it's easy to say tougher to do, I imagine. What was it like for you? Yeah, I, I think I just wanted to show the people and show myself that it, it was bigger than just joining and, you know, being able to get a job. I really, to me, all about people and it's about the impact that we make on others. And I wanted, I knew I wanted to be filled in the work that I was going to be doing post-college. Um, and the second I joined Panera, I knew I had, I had that feeling that every day I can go and make a difference in the lives of the hundred people that are in the company, but also the thousands of customers that we service. So I think from the beginning, I kind of knew where my place and my niche would be, but it was certainly a learning uh, experience and continues to be to this day. No, that, that's awesome. And it's, it's great to be in an environment that you can continue to learn uh, and grow with that. Now, do you manage on your team, you're saying they've been uh, anywhere from like seven years to 40 years. So you're managing older people, you know, people that are older than you in a variety of ranges? Uh, yes. Yeah, so all, all 10 would be older than me. Okay. There it is. All yeah. 10 older than you. What is yeah. that like? Cause I think that is a very unique um, uh, circumstance where you're coming in as a manager and you are younger um, by several years than, than the rest of your team. Yeah. I, I try to relate it to my time at Lynn, potentially on the lacrosse field where, you know, joining with coach Kingsbury, he gave me the tools to be a leader from day one as a freshman. Not that I was the captain, but I, you know, a leader in my class, a leader on the team, in a community, in the classrooms. So I've been kind of trying, you know, to embody that kind of spirit. Um, obviously, no, I'm younger. You know, I always tell people I really don't know much, but I'm surrounded by the best people who I know can help me get through it. Um, but, but to your point, I was I was young coming to Lynn on lacrosse team, found my way thanks to Coach Kingsbury to be a leader. So every day when I come in, I try to do that same thing, but. It's about humbling yourself, obviously, knowing that you don't know everything, but there's people that are surrounding you that can get you there. And they have the history, the life lessons, you know, um, the times with my grandfather, the times with my father, that they can say, here's what they would have done. Um, and now it's your turn to make your path and decide what you should be doing. So I try to lean back on my, my time at college, but obviously, uh, you know, senior year, being a captain on the lacrosse team, I was older. And now I feel like a freshman, uh, you know, joining the business world and trying to take on that leadership role, which is once again, the high, the highs and the lows and the blessings of the curse of the family business. Um, there's just so many beautiful and crazy things about it. So how do you, can you dive a little bit deeper into this idea of humbling yourself and, and 
understanding that, yes, I am in a position to lead, but it is also okay for me to ask for help. Because I think in a lot of scenarios, people, when they enter a position of leadership, feel like they can no longer ask for help. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. So what, what is that like for you? How do you go about humbling yourself in that way? Man, these are always good questions. Did you ask Rigo these questions too? No, no, no. I let him skate. He, he got away easy, you know? Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, on, so relating back to Lynn and, and my time at Lynn, I, my role on the lacrosse team wasn't always, you know, I wasn't, I was not the best player by any means. I was always the player that was just steady and, you know, performed and did the little things. And I think I try to take that into my behaviors in the business world because it's not about trying to do more than what I'm capable of, but the little things that will add up over time to help me be the leader that I need to be for the next generation, for the people, and then obviously for the family. Um, but knowing that I don't need to be something that I'm not. Um, and I think I learned that during my time at Lynn with the beauty of sports, right? You know, you come in from high school where you're, you know, you tend to be a better player in your high school, but then you get to the college level and you've really got to take that step back, say, hey, I need to work on my game because I'm not the best anymore and I'm not the highest level that I was, but I need to get there again. And so I try to take that same mindset and behavior into that business world where, hey, you're just entering. You don't need to be the all-star. You just need to be you and help others around you. No, I, I love that. And, and that's, that's what you can build on because if you, if you try to build your foundation upon something that isn't you it can only go so high and it's going to be you know faulty but if you're building it on who you are that's something that you can actually scale and grow with so i think that's that's really really um incredible now here's a here's a tough question this will be the toughest one yet you said your father your grandfather had some sayings your father had some sayings do you have any sayings (laughs) i don't know if i have sayings um you know Coach Kingsbury had one word that he always used on the lacrosse team, and that was, you know, his slogan was, who's got the grit? Mm-hmm. And in a time with, obviously, with COVID and the way the business started in 1968 to the way the business grew through, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, and then early 2000s, and, you know, my father begins to take over in that sales leadership role. Um, business has changed. The way we get to our customers is different. The way we have to service, you know, them is different. Our supplier relationships, everything's completely different. New ERP systems, good and bad, you know, all the blessings in between. Um, Mine is always, and I've tried to embody who's got the grit, who's willing to put in the work, um, who's willing to be different in a time where, you know, our customers, people can buy anything from anyone today, but the reason they choose to work with because they feel that we take care of them and they feel special when they work with us because they know we're going to, and we use it lately, kick ass for them, right? They know we're going to do all we can to help them. Um, so my word to our sales team is always, who's got the grit? Who's willing to have the best sales month? Like Coach Kingsbury, who's willing to have the best game? Who's going to get the last ground ball? It's those little behaviors. Um, so mine would be probably something around the word grit. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what the word even means. I just like it, so... It's still a work in process. You're developing. You got plenty of time, but we'll circle back for another episode. You know, we'll put you out, schedule you out for the future, and that one will be all about your saying. So, uh, sound like they're not as good. They're not as good as my grandpa and my father. That's for sure. My mom's got some good ones too, but we're still working on mine. Yeah, and and that's right where you need to be. Exactly like we just talked about. You don't need to be more than who you are. So uh, they'll come. I have every every faith (laughs) and ability uh, that they they will. Um, so we are getting to that time of the show. We're going to wrap things up with one of my personal favorite 
parts of this where we're going to cash out. And this is where you leave the folks at home with a little extra money on the road, your biggest piece of advice, your biggest lesson uh, that you've learned along the way that you'd like to share with us. So what do you have for us today? Yeah, so you gave me a heads up. So I appreciate it because you said to Rigo, didn't give Rigo a heads up. Uh, so I thought about this one. And I think my biggest takeaway, especially for, you know, those who will watch and those at Lynn or, you know, really anywhere is it's all about their relationships. Like life is at the core about relationships, you know, from your time at Lynn, whether it's your roommate, you know, your classmates or teammates, you'll realize once you leave and you graduate how meaningful that those relationships really are and the people are around you. You can study, you can do a lot of different behaviors, but at the end of the day, it's people, it's those relationships. Um, and, you know, our, our core value as a company is we want to kick ass for one another, the people in the company, our customers, our suppliers, our community. Um, and thankfully, at my time at Lynn allowed me to work on so many incredible relationships. And I realized once I left that it was important to continue working on them, develop new ones, um, but continue to invest in people. Because at the end of the day, people want to work with someone they trust. They want to do business with someone they trust. And they just want to spend time around people that they enjoy being around. Uh, so I would be really focused on the relationships in your life because that's what matters most. I love that. Conrad, you are a fountain of wisdom, great source of inspiration. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. This is awesome. Appreciate it, Ben. Thank you for having me. And thanks for the good questions.